That's 800-375-4188. You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com Worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Search for the kingdom of God 
and his leading the people to the promised land where they could be ruled by God. And what they were doing, most people don't understand because we have gone to the Pharisees and asked the Pharisees what the Old Testament is actually saying about Moses and Abraham. And the Pharisees had it wrong. They were leading the people back into a, a government that was like Cain, like Nimrod, uh, like Babylon. And that is not the place where we were supposed to be going. And they literally had taken them right back to Egypt again. They were back in a place where they were forced to contribute to the government in order to sustain it. They had to give uh, a percentage of whatever they earned to the government. And if they didn't, the government could beat them, uh, throw them in jail, punish them, fine them. And that system was what they had had in Egypt. And God said, never return to Egypt. Now, it said it in the Torah, but somehow or other, because they twisted the meaning, the Pharisees were able to lead the people back and implement property tax, sales tax, uh, income tax, uh, by the time of Christ. And uh, they were imposing these taxes upon the people through the Sanhedrin, which was their car uh, Congress, their parliament. Christ came preaching something different. Uh, he... Uh, lambasted the Pharisees for their system of Corban, system of sacrifice, which was now uh, compelled and accounted for by the scribes. And uh, he said that that system made the word of God to none effect. And he was creating another system based on the precepts of God that we see in Abraham, that we see in Moses. And that system operated again on the perfect law of liberty by faith, hope, and charity, where the people took care of their social welfare needs through a network of faithful who picked their own ministers and contributed according to the services that he provided. Most people don't read that part of uh, tithing. It was called tithing because there were 10 families in each congregation and uh, if all things were perfect, it might amount to about 10%. But uh, in reality, um, this was a uh, system of uh, faith, hope, and charity that kept and uh, provided for the needs of the people. Everybody who received the baptism of Christ was cast out of the temple, cast out of the system of social welfare set up by the uh, Pharisees. So this idea of kingdom versus church, we need to understand exactly how that works. Pressing a few technical buttons here to get things uh, rolling in the right direction. So this kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are the same thing. We've talked about that before. Uh, only Matthew uses the phrase kingdom of heaven. He's talking about the kingdom of God, and that's what we're supposed to be seeking, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So whatever we do, however we live here on earth, it should be a righteous way. And as I said, Abel was righteous in the way in which he conducted his life. Cain was one who used force. Uh, Nimrod did the same thing. He enticed the people into a Babylonic system where they were subject to his rulership under many, many kings. And, uh, and that system of Babylon also made the word of God to none effect, just like what the Pharisees were doing at the time of Christ. And it's these two systems, one operating by faith, hope, and charity in the perfect law of liberty, and the other one operating by force. They are constantly at war today, and they are at war more in our hearts. Now, I can't do anything about the world out there, what the world is doing. God can. Uh, what I can do something about is the war in my own heart. Do I want to live by faith, hope, and charity as Christ commanded, or do I want to pray to men who call themselves benefactors, rulers who call themselves benefactors, rulers who offer me benefits but exercise authority one over the other and that is such a simple concept you've got these two do we live by faith hope and charity do we live by force fear and violence and we need if we make the choice of the latter <laughs> then we are going away from the kingdom of god and the salvation of christ 
And if we make the choice of the former, then we need to be moving towards the kingdom of God. And Christ appointed his apostles to help teach people, to make them disciples, students of this way, not only students, but implement it. You know, you go to school, you learn a few things, but you have to get out in the lab and actually do them, and then eventually you take that knowledge and apply it in your real life. And so that's what the church is supposed to be doing. The church is a kingdom, a dominion, a authority. It doesn't have authority over you. Its job is to not make you belong to the church, but to make you belong to God, as opposed to the gods of the world as opposed to the Nimrods, the Caesars, and others of the world. Recently I was talking with, a, or I actually was listening to a pastor who was talking to somebody, and, uh, and he pointed out that, uh, that eventually Rome became a uh, system where they worshipped, they deified and worshipped their emperor. And, uh, and he says uh, that that was wrong, that they shouldn't have done that. Well, the reality is we've done that in the United States. Uh, we don't like to use those terms, but the fact is the president of the United States is a god, as it is defined in uh, the, the Strong's Concordance. Uh, he is not only a ruling judge, but he is an appointer of gods. The Romans called the emperor the appointer of gods, he, it was his judgment as to who would be the gods, and really all they were talking about was appointing the uh, imperial judges throughout the empire to decide imperial law, which we would call today federal law. And uh, that's what he was doing, and we call it deifying him. Well, all he was doing is getting the power to appoint these judges that ruled over the people and their lives, and uh, the laws that the the empire created and imposed upon the people. And that was the deification, and that's what they were talking about. No one believed that Augustus created heaven and earth, but they somehow or other began to believe that he had the right to appoint judges who would rule over them. And those are the gods many, those judges who were ruling over people. Now, those governments didn't have power over the people except that the people did not retain their rights because they did not retain their responsibilities and look to that government more and more to provide them with the needs of their life, uh, their free bread, their circuses, the, whatever it was. Today in America, that's what's happened. Today in most countries around the world, that's what's happened, is we have looked to the government to be our benefactor. We have looked to the governments of the world to take care of us and to provide for us, even though we knew those governments give us nothing except what they take away from our neighbor. And they are based on a covetous system whereby you vote in a benefit, you vote in a leader who will give you a benefit at the expense of your neighbor. That is an unchristian, and to tell you the truth, it is an un-Jewish uh, uh, thing to to do it's it's even against the Quran <laughs> and uh, the Hindu sacred scripts of coveting your neighbor's goods and forcing your neighbor uh, to contribute to your welfare at the point of a sword or a point of a gun and that is the system that men have created for themselves yet they go to their churches today what they call churches and they sing songs and they say they praise God but they don't worship government. The reality is they do worship government. They do worship their leaders. They do pray to their leaders, do seek the benefaction of their leaders, even though their leaders give them nothing except what they take away from their neighbor. That is unchristian. That is against what Moses taught. That is against what Abraham taught. And therefore, every single religious group in the world today that promotes that kind of concept is opposing God. They are anti-Christ. They are anti-Moses. They are anti-Abraham. And this is a strong delusion. That is a radical statement. I just said almost every religion today, which almost everyone claims at one point in their history, Abraham, even the Hindus and the Buddhists, um, in which we go into in the book Thy Kingdom Come, we can show you that the Abraham was the source of their original teachings 
uh, and, and an original teacher in their faith and religion. But they've d distorted and twisted. Every single religion does this throughout history, and we, we are not immune. And the evidence of that is that we are doing absolutely contrary to what Abraham was doing, which was living by faith. And the church should be leading people back to the ways of Abraham and Moses, which were in agreement to the ways of Christ, not to the artificial, phony rituals that have been created by the false religions of the Pharisees and Sadducees, but the precept upon precept, which is the kingdom. And that's where we need to go, and how we get there uh, is what the church should be teaching uh, is that way to the kingdom. It is not. Uh, this church is. And we are looking for other ministers who will join in that teaching. But it requires that the people take back their responsibilities. Uh, often, uh, this is how we fall into bondage, is we give our responsibilities to government to take care of one another, and then we ourselves are drawn into bondage. Proverbs talks about this. David talks about this. Uh, Paul talks about this. Certainly, Christ talks about this idea of being that good Samaritan, taking care of one another. You know, uh, if the uh, the good Samaritan had a cell phone, would he sit there and he dial nine one one, and then tell him the location? I, I found somebody unconscious in the middle of the road in their pickup, four o'clock in the morning, and I had a cell phone, never ever used it before. Somebody had bought it for the church. And but I, there I punched in 911 and called them, and it, it took me a little while to convince them that there was somebody unconscious in this vehicle. Uh, and uh, they had evidently knew that the vehicle was there, and they didn't do anything about it. <laughs> it's parked in the middle of the road on a curve in the middle of the night out in the woods uh, on a road. Uh, very easy to just cream right into when you come around the curve. And the the officials didn't do anything about it, and they said there was nobody in it. And I said, there's somebody in it. I can see him. He's unconscious in there. I can't get his attention. And uh, finally I got somebody to come out. Uh, but they said, okay, well, we'll take care of it. You can go. And I says, I'm not leaving this guy in the middle of the road unconscious. <laughs> and uh, But that's what they were doing. So the Good Samaritan, he didn't call 911. <laughs> Uh, he actually took care of the situation himself. And the fact is, is that when real disaster hits, 911 won't help you. Uh, that's that's a reality that you you need to face. I once joined AAA uh, to because uh, I lived in Minnesota, and I thought, well, you know, I, I could have car troubles, and, and I thought maybe it was a good idea. Well, the first time I needed them, it was like a two, three-week wait because everybody else needed them too. It was a major storm, and extremely cold, you know, 40 below, and my car didn't start, and they weren't going to come and help me and for several weeks. Well, by that time, it would have warmed up, and I could have started it. So I immediately dropped that and just learned to fend for myself. And that's what we need to do. We need to learn to fend for ourselves, but sometimes things are too much for one individual, one individual family, so they congregate together. How they congregate together. How they congregate together will be an essential part of understanding and uh, and uh, functioning of this strange, mysterious thing we call the kingdom. And it is the role of the church to help us do that. Now, what was the church? The church was this ecclesia, this thing called out. As I said, the Greeks. Uh, had this word ecclesia when the governments, the city-states became so corrupt, they would call out people well, the, and those people would come out and they would beckon to everybody else to come and support this other government this other way because that way had become corrupt and that's what we need to do as the church is we need to come out ourselves so that we may call others out. One of the jobs of the church was to maintain an entrance to the kingdom. What happens when you begin to apply to, pray to these rulers of the Gentiles who exercise authority one over the other, you give them a jurisdictional right to exercise authority over you and to control you and to make you subject to them.
And the kingdom of heaven wants you to be subject to God and to follow God and to be a part of what God wants you to do and not to covet your neighbor's goods, not to take a bite out of your neighbor through the agency of these benefactors who are not really benefactors but just call themselves benefactors. Uh, we need to... Okay, we're going to take another call. Uh, this is from Hadar in Minnesota, and we'll see what questions he has to ask. Are you there? Oh, we're not taking the call yet. Uh, we have to change some wires here in the studio. Uh, hang on there. I think we can do it now. Hello. Can you hear me? Okay, well, we'll see if we can turn up the volume for you a little bit. Uh, is that a little better? Can you hear me now? Right. I, I can hear you blowing up. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, do you have a question? Um, you know, we, we talk about the, I guess, the love of God, and, uh, you know, in the process of the scriptures, reading it, we hear about the love of God. And I guess, uh, how do you see, you know, I'm, you haven't grown up in the church, I see this process of where the love of God is thought and they get into a lot of ideas of being do-gooders, you know, we'll do good, we'll have we'll do this fundraiser, we'll, we'll uh, clean up the neighborhood, mow lawn, you know, those kind of ideas, um, but how do you see it when, like, when Jesus talks about, if you love me, you'll obey me, my disciples are those who hear my word and do it, and in reference to his love, how do you, how do you, see that truth of the, the you know, scripture coming out and, and how do you approach that with people talking about that other side and converse of being, taking the spiritual truth and spiritual revelation that God has placed in your life and, and now learning to walk that out. I'd like to hear you Okay, well, we'll talk about that. Uh, because there's a little bit of feedback with the call, I'll, I'll give you your answer off the air, and I'll drop the call right now, but uh, we'll, we'll channel it in that direction. And thanks for the call from Minneapolis there, Hadar. God bless. Um, you know, we're still working on the buttons here. Uh, that's a really important point, and, and it doesn't go over good with your uh, normal everyday uh, ministry because they want to think that they love one another. Uh, they get into church and they uh, shake each other's hand. Uh, they uh, pat each other on the back. Uh, and churches have become sort of a social club rather than the actual uh, 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 meeting place so that we may seek the kingdom. Because you have these people saying they love one another when they're in church for that hour or hour and a half or two hours, and then they go home and they pray to those benefactors who exercise authority. Now, the kingdom of God from the beginning, if you go back, uh, the kingdom of God was back in the days of Moses. The kingdom of God was back in the days of Noah, who was righteous in his generation from generation to generation. The kingdom of God is the right to be ruled by God instead of the other men. And uh, we're going to talk about this when we get back after the break uh, to give us some real perspective on exactly do you really love another as Christ loved you? Uh, because the truth is we do not love one another as Christ loved us for the most part, and we are under a strong delusion that we're actually following Christ.
You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government Takeover of the Church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them if not you? If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program, Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com.
and this is the conflict. Unfortunately, today, there's almost nobody really preaching the kingdom of God or the love that re- was required to make the kingdom of God a reality. And that's that's what we need to find out and we need to do. And so you don't really love your neighbor as yourself if you hire men to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. You don't really believe in the ways of Christ who got down on his hands and knees and washed the feet of the apostles if you want to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. What you really believe in is the sword. And you really are praying to those men that you call benefactors who exercise authority for your salvation. And the salvation after you die will not be the salvation of God. He told us many times, go and cry unto the gods which you have chosen for yourself. And that's exactly what you've done. Is you have chosen uh, emperors and uh, kings and presidents and prime ministers to pick the gods who will rule over you and provide you with your benefits at the expense of your neighbor. And that is antichrist. And that is preached. Antichrist is preached in most churches today. And most churches today do not provide the benefits of the needy. They have no pure religion in them. They are impure religions. And I'm talking about every denomination and every sect and every group uh, that does not preach the fullness of the kingdom. You can't hardly find a church that does it. They'll give you bits and pieces, and they'll talk about love. But as soon as you go home, you are in jeopardy of the governments of the world. Now, that's another thing. Are the governments of the world created by God? Are they ordained of God? They would have you believe that. That is a complete, bold-faced lie. The governments of the world are ordained by men. They are created by men, and they are often, too often, created by men that have the spirit of Cain in them who wants to force and plow his way through humanity Uh, to get humanity to conform to his vision of what is good and what is evil rather than God. Uh, He is not usually very patient. He is not very forgiving. He is not very loving. If you owe him anything, he'll beat the tar out of you to get it out of you. Uh, And that is something Christ said we're not to do. And the church should not do it, and the church should not promote a government that does it and if it does then the church is not doing what christ said so we were talking about kingdom versus church well first we have to understand the kingdom operates on love it operates according to the perfect law of liberty it's uh its primary directive is faith hope and charity and not forcing our neighbors to give us anything by any authority whatsoever Well, because we go to the benefactors who exercise authority, we make agreements with them that they will provide us salvation in this world, then that is the only salvation we will get in the next world. And God will say, go cry unto those gods that you have cried to, who have been workers of iniquity, who have uh, robbed the widows and orphans, who have betrayed... um, Excuse me, who have betrayed the people and delivered them back into the bondage of Egypt. There's a lot of turning around that we have to do. There's a lot of waking up we have to do. There's a lot of submission to the truth that we have to do. And the church should be preaching that. And if ministers are not preaching the kingdom of God, they are not obeying Christ. If they are not telling the people to stop living by the benefits that come to you by force, fear, and violence and start learning to take care of one another, then they are not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They are liars. They are blind guides. They are more Pharisee than Christian. They are false Christians. And they they need to repent and turn around and go the other way. Learn how to take care of one another. 
and that is the appointment of Christ. Now, his in his appointment, he also required other things of his apostles. That he was, you know, Jesus was a rich man. His father was rich. Uh, he wasn't a poor, humble carpenter. That's just been something that's been passed down by churches who want you to be content in your poverty. Uh, he was actually a very wealthy man, came from a wealthy family. Uh, had, Joseph was uh, probably a major contractor, probably worked in Caesarea, and uh, had a lot of people working for him. He was much older than Mary. And uh, uh, he took on this uh, job of being Mary's husband and uh, and raising up uh, 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 Jesus as well as all of Jesus' brothers and sisters uh, and did not live to see Jesus uh, in uh, uh, reach his maturity. And there's a whole reason why that all took place the way it did, and we'll have to go to it in another time. But the point is he gave up his wealth in order to follow John the Baptist's lead. John the Baptist was a Levite. He was also the eldest of the family once Jesus' uh, own father had passed away. And Jesus went to John the Baptist to preach the kingdom of God the way that John the Baptist was doing. John the Baptist didn't know Jesus was going to be king, too. He just said, this is the man to follow me as this minister of the gospel of the kingdom. And that's what people were doing. They were calling Jesus rabbi, but he wasn't a Levite by birth, but his cousin was. And he went to his cousin to be baptized and to follow the ways that John the Baptist was preaching. But he also was bloodline heir to the kingdom. And there was no king sitting on the throne in Jerusalem. Um, Herod Antipas did not sit on the throne in Jerusalem. He was over in Galilee. The kingdom had been divided into three parts. Philip was somewhere else. And no one had sat on that throne in Jerusalem. And Jesus came in, was hailed as that king, and began to give the commands in the temple, began to order the ministers around in the temple, uh, was seen in the royal treasury, uh, teaching the ministers, in other words, telling them what they can do and can't do. And this was upsetting the apple cart. But he was literally the king. But he was also setting up the kingdom back to the way that it was supposed to be to begin with. And he said, I'm going to take the kingdom away from you. He said it to the Pharisees, and I'm going to give it to another who will bear fruit. Today, the church has delivered you back into that same type of kingdom of the Pharisees, same type of kingdom that Herod was establishing, same type of kingdom that Nimrod established. It's literally become Babylon the Great because all these nations have bound themselves together in a system whereby there's a top-down authority. Rather than you being the right to be ruled by God, you are ruled by other men. This is the way Cain wanted it. This is the way you have gone. You've literally become human resources of these kingdoms and governments because you have gone to them and prayed to them for benefits and made these agreements. In order to have the church today, we need ministers who are willing to come out of that system. And they are being called out, ecclesia, the called out, to be this separate group. In order to do that, they have to waive all their rights to any of those existing benefits. And they have to give up any personal estate they may have established in those systems. And they must become separate, living in the world but not of the world. And then, making a commitment one to another through Christ, they become the true church. In order to maintain the truth of that being the true church, they must preach this gospel, which is not going to be popular with most Christians, certainly not most Jews, certainly not most Muslims, certainly not most, most Hindus. But we're to preach to all of them uh, what Christ was preaching, what Moses was preaching, what Abraham was preaching, which was the kingdom of God and the ways of God and the righteousness of God. Can we create a society that can live by faith, hope, and charity? People don't believe that's possible. They believe you have to have the governments like the Gentiles, the benefactors who exercise authority one over the other. We need to show them that they don't have to believe that. They don't have to go that way. 
And if we won't go that way, how can we prove to them that they don't have to go that way? And unless we come together as individual free stones, building Christ's altar, fitting together, not because I chip a little bit off of what you want to do and you chip a little bit off of what I want to do, but fitting together as the true living altar of God, we cannot teach the ways of God to the rest of the world. And that's what we need, and we need to do that as a matter of record. We're not entering you know, over the side. We're not sneaking around the back door. We need to walk right through the gate and say, we give our lives to Christ as his ordained ministers, and we are going to teach and preach the kingdom of God as a body bound together by faith, hope, and charity, by those bonds of love, as Hadar wanted to talk about. That takes, you know, we are, we are more God's servants than back in the formation of the, the, the Constitution, but even the Declaration of Independence. We need to have our own personal Declaration of Independence coming together, saying that we pledge our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor to Christ and his kingdom and his ways. And we become this other jurisdiction, this church that's in the world but not of this world, that is separate from the state, that is one form of government that preaches and teaches his gospel, his precepts, his ordinances. And his ordinances are clear, that you're not to be praying to the fathers of the earth. You're to be praying to your Father in heaven for everything, for all your needs and benefits. We are to become the benefactors who do not exercise authority one over the other. And the only way to truly do that is to come together in congregations of people who are actually, again, also bound by that love. Not just by ideas, oh, I, I love Jesus, and I'm therefore we're bound together because we all love Jesus, but because we're actually doing what he said, washing one another's feet, baptizing one another in the Holy Spirit, which means actually taking care of one another's needs. We should not be looking to insurance companies. Am I telling you to get rid of all your insurance? No, I'm saying to look for the blessed assurance of coming together and taking care of one another. All the time I'm hearing about people who have insurance programs and find out, oh, well, we don't cover that in this case, and oh, we don't cover that in this case. Well, there's a place to start. In your congregations, you cover what they don't cover. You help out. You become everything the government of god to the people the reason people are abandoning the churches it doesn't we don't need it we got government why are they abandoning families why are so many families broken today because they don't need family they got government you know i don't need my children to take care of me in my old age i got social security but yet god said honor thy father and thy mother take care of them you you take care of them I mean, we, we out here take care of some widows out here, make sure that they get firewood, or at least we don't have a lot because we don't have a lot of people. But uh, their own family should be doing this. You know, and I've always put, you know, we put up the wood sometimes. We don't take it over right away uh, because we wanted to see their own family step up. They don't. Occasionally they have, but not very often. Of course, if we do it, then they, they really feel like they have an out. But uh, it's important that, so we don't have any widows freezing to death out here. <laughs> and so we try to take care of them. You should be doing that in your own congregations, and you should be teaching other people in your community around you how important that is, especially today as we see the systems of the world breaking down economically, morally, spiritually. Uh, uh, the, the food system is breaking down. GMOs are poisoning the people. Uh, destroying the ability of crops to renew themselves. Uh, supposedly all these genetically uh, altered things we're going to make it, and herbicides we're going to make it so that we could get rid of all these weeds and grow twice as much. Well, the, what we've done is created super weeds that prosper no matter what. It takes way more herbicides, which are poisonous through oxen and dioxins that we're introducing into the atmosphere. We are killing ourselves 
And you can't stop the government from doing it because they are out of control. It is a beast beyond control. You can, you can voice your opinion. You can try to wake up other people. But you actually need to be doing an alternative. You need to be becoming that government of God where we don't look to them to do the right thing. We start doing the right thing ourselves. We start binding ourselves together in congregations. And we're going to need this body of men who separate themselves out lawfully uh, to do the work of Christ. And Christ saw that need for that, and he told his apostles what they had to do. And in our book, The Free Church Report, we go through a lot of those things. And in the book, Thy Kingdom Come, we show you how the kingdom has worked from the beginning, from generation to generation. And you can get all those free by joining the network and picking a personal contact minister who will send you a PDF of that book for free. And all the other books that we have to offer to show you how the kingdom works. And we do this because we love you. Because we have to love you because that is the nature of Christ and Christ in us. That God so loved the world that he was willing to give up his only begotten son that they might be saved. We need to give up our lives that you might be saved. But that doesn't mean that you don't you just sit there and say, oh, I accept that. I'm saved now. You have to become doers of the word, too. The congregation must support the ministers that are actually preaching the gospel because they're excluded from many of the other benefits that you can get in the world. They can't get those. They are willing to be, though that many of them were successful, they're willing to give up that and become poor that ye might be saved. They are going to seek a way in which you can get closer in to the kingdom of God and begin to walk in the ways of God and seek that kingdom and the righteousness of God and learn to take care of one another in every aspect of your life. And through the network, we, we've already predicted the rising grain prices. I'm going to predict a number of other things in the future. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out these things are coming. But I'm only doing it so that within those network of congregations that you can start to prepare that you will be saved in this world. And in the effort of that preparation, which will never be enough, it will take the grace of God to actually get you through the hard times that are coming. But in the willingness to take those steps, to go back to the ways of the Father, to return as that prodigal son, the Father will come out and meet you halfway and carry you through the salvation uh, in this world so that when you face the next world, he will say, come into the kingdom. You know, many people think that they're saved. And they're doing all these great things, having these huge altar calls and all these people that are praising Christ but are doing the absolute opposite of what he said to do. Those are going to be the ones he's going to say, Get ye from me, you workers of iniquity. You took my sons and delivered them to the Pharaoh, to Babylon, to the Nimrods of this world. You brought them into bondage to the people so that they became weak and in a time of affluence, you did not strengthen the poor, but you weakened the poor. And you made them all feed and human resources and merchandise of Babylon the Great. Because you would not preach my gospel of righteousness and love. Oh, woe unto those preachers who will not preach the gospel of the kingdom. And... You're hearing it here. And if you if you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, you will want others to hear this gospel too. And you need to implement that. Now that you're learning about the kingdom, you need to pick a contact minister in your local area. And you can find them on the Living Network at hisholychurch.org. You need to do that. You need to not just listen to the radio program. But you need to become a part of the solution, a part of the salvation of Christ, which is the kingdom of God, which the church is endeavoring to work on your behalf and to manifest on your behalf. But you have to take back your responsibility. And your first responsibility is to love God. 
And your second responsibility is to love your neighbor, and that means you need to congregate together to find out what your neighbor needs, and you have to supply that through faith, hope, and charity in, with nothing but the hope that your neighbor will do the same for you. And if you take those steps towards the kingdom, God will bring others to you, and that path will narrow you together, will bring you together with others that are thinking the same way. I need to stop following the preachers who preach antichrist message of believing in Jesus but not being doers of the word. You need to be doers of the word because those are his brethren. And if you're not out there doing it, if you're out there praying to these other benefactors who exercise authority, you need to turn around. You need to repent. You need to change your ways and go back to that kingdom of God and seek it earnestly, diligently. And you need to do that by trying to find others who are doing that and help them and even be willing to help others out there in the world. So the church has to be the separate thing, and, and we need to find men who are willing to take that step. And it is a sacrificial step. It is a humbling step. And they need to come together. And at the retreat this year, and at the end of September, I want everybody who is ever interested in becoming a true minister of God to try to make it out here or at least send one representative from your area. Because we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about what is needed to bring these congregations together. You have to be very careful that you do not get into a comfortable local con congregation and build that congregation and not think of all the other congregations out there that are way far remote from you. Because if you're not thinking about them equally with your own local congregation, then you're not kingdom thinking. Because just as you're to love your neighbor as much as yourself, you're to love your neighboring congregation as much as yourself. And that is kingdom thinking. That is, and the kingdom is worldwide. So at the retreat, we're going to be talking a great deal, and some are coming early, some are coming later, um, or staying longer, but uh, we need to start putting this down and pounding our stakes in the ground. Mark that kingdom of God. And that's what we intend to do for uh, the retreat, but we're also going to do this. We're going to maybe do some traveling. I don't know if they're talking about going back east. But in order to make these trips worthwhile, we need to gather as many people hear the gospel of the kingdom. We need to gather more and more people into that. In order to do that, we need to make our voices heard on many radio You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.